some things in in summer stock both my first year was like um what they called resident stock so that you would be rehearsing one play <laughs> during the day and performing another not that I was in all of those plays but I was in a few of them and and that's oh, yes, where I got that my is, biggest uh, per- I'm sorry performing in rep right performing in rep so right, but the a, but the main company was the the one performing in rep. We were just doing every show, but I got an opportunity to play Polly Peachum against opposite of uh, Renee Aubergenois. That was a huge break. Oh and wow! A huge Opera, just, right? Yeah, so exciting. So 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 exciting. And, and then, then in, you, so in then, summer so stock, started, the next the next year was what they call star stock. So every every week is a different star and a different show. So like Hans Conrad and Take Her, She's Mine, and and Tony Roberts was in the cast. So we got to some of the apprentices got it to play some of the smaller roles in the in the show. Um, but we had Carol Channing come through with the Millionaires and Dane Clark, and I mean it was it was just a fantastic summer. I I had such a good time. Whether I acted, you must have in been thrilled as a young book. person. Yeah, yes, you must have been so thrilled as a young person to be getting all this. This was in Pittsburgh, correct? No, I when I did, uh, I mean I did you know community theater in Pittsburgh, but I did Fish Creek, Wisconsin, in in the. Uh, the first summer stock company I worked in, and the second one is was at Westport Country Playhouse. Wow, a very, a very you wonderful. You have very good company. parents that said you can go that far. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to Wisconsin. I know, and I so don't your parents even... did support you in all this, right? Yeah, yeah, they did. That that's great. What a great experience for a young person to really be getting that stage time, which you don't really get anymore. I think they do get to high school or they do high school performing arts and they do some shows, but not like you did uh, that complete immersion into theater. Exactly. Although there's that was, you know, uh, other pretty- programs now that didn't exist then that I wished had, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of, uh, Juilliard wasn't, I don't even think Juilliard was open when I first was at Carnegie Tech, um, which is now Carnegie Mellon. But, you know, so many other programs have have, have uh, opened their doors. We used to have, though, in New York, Equity Library Theater. That's gone. Um, oh, I remember but I guess, that. Remember it? Yes, yeah. I had a friend, David Hart. He did Oklahoma there. Oh, wow. At ELT. Yeah, a long time ago, yes. And then he went on to be uh, on uh, the TV show In the Heat of the Night. Oh wow! So, oh right! Yeah, I remember ELT. Oh, that yes. David Hart. Okay, too funny. Yes, yes. So, yes, <laughs> we went to uh, school together. So that. So uh, anyway, back to you. So from there, you you came to New York, and I assume, and uh, you edged into television and commercials. Well, when I came to New York, I went to AMDA. American Musical and Dramatic Academy, and I in my class was Tyne Daly, and um, you know we just did regular school things there. But then I started doing children's records, and after about six months, I left AMDA because I just wanted to work. 
And I thought that getting, you know, since I got this work was so easy, I thought all work would be so easy, but it it, it, it wasn't. <laughs> and um, so I just, I kept... Uh, I kept doing children's records. I did some with Larry Keith, with Margot Moser. They were for the Show and Tell series, which was like a child's version of MTV. You would have this special record player that had this little, sort of looked like a screen on the front, but it wasn't video because they didn't have video. But it would just be timed to what you were saying, and then another uh, slide would come on. And, uh, oh my God, Jamie! I used to watch these in school. Really? <laughs> yes. It was Pickwick Records, I remember. Yes, and and they would play them, and I remember. I haven't thought about that. No, they would. It was like a, it was a record play, but it was timed to like a screen projection of some kind. Uh huh. Like you could see the image, and it would go yeah. like. Yeah. And, and it would it would be on. timed with um what you were saying. You know what I mean? Oh my God! I yes. mean, it was so far ahead of its even... time. <laughs> wow! I had, until you just said it, I'd forgot that. Before, uh, so anyone who's younger, <laughs> before video, before you can have a TV in a classroom, even <laughs> there was this. Oh my gosh! And you did these, so you would do the stories and the character parts. Well, I would only, yeah. I mean, some characters. I mean, there'd be can't remember how many of there we were, but it's not like I did too many multiple characters. It wasn't like one person doing everything. I worked with a lot of really good actors. Wow. Uh, well, that hence you're so well Which was great for point. me because Margot Moser was the first uh, American to ever play My Fair Lady. And, and uh, so that was extremely exciting to me and I had met her I think even before I did these records um, because she was dating a friend of my parents who was an artist so it was kind of cool but uh, yeah it was a very exciting time can I ask you something were your parents in the business because it seems like you had a very supportive background for theater they they weren't theater they just they loved theater, oh, but they lived in they lived in in Pittsburgh. But an interesting thing, way before I moved to New York, my father had a friend who his his friend, or actually his brother's friend, was Harold Prince. And Harold Prince asked him to see if they could help in Pittsburgh to help raise money for a brand new show called Pajama Game directed by George <gasps> Abbott. So this oh, guy, Jimmy Winokur, went to his friends and said, you know, my brother's friend is doing his first musical on Broadway. Um, why don't we all put some money in it? And I think all the guys put like a $1,000 in. But, you know, in 1954, whenever that was, that was still not yeah. insignificant, especially for my father. It wasn't, you know, wasn't, it wasn't like $100,000, but, it, you know, it was whatever. And then that was hugely successful, and then they came back to them with, um, uh, after Pajama Game, Damn Yankees. So both oh my of God. those shows, I got to come to New York, see them, and then uh, go backstage and meet everybody, which was so cool. 
you you must have had a good uh, former life because that's like a magical <laughs> a magical acting childhood in that I know and for my father to that. invest in Broadway and to have his first two things be huge successes I mean not everybody has that experience <laughs> Yes ask Warren Handelman but <laughs> uh, <laughs> <yeah>, but <laughs> He's got That's great stories funny. about that. But it's it's great. So you started out, and then you, you, you pursued acting. You came to New York. You pursued acting. Did you do stage when you got here or uh, right to television? I did. I got cast in The Drunkard, our musical director, and he wrote the special material was Barry Manilow. But he was, you know, unknown. He was doing some jingles. And... Uh, it was playing at the 13th Street Theater, and I went on the road with it. At one point, our piano player went not a little crazy, but really crazy because it's the first time and only time in my life I saw somebody be taken away in a straight jacket. Not Barry, the piano player we had, and they called Barry and said, you have to come down here and play the show until we can replace him. So he did. And Barry later, when I decided to start to do a nightclub act, he was my musical director. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I went to a rehearsal. (laughs) I went to a rehearsal one day, and he was sitting there with a college friend of mine that I didn't even know he knew, Adrian Arts. And they were like, oh, wow, we've been writing a song. Do Do you mind if we play it before you you know, have your, your rehearsal. Do you mind? And I'm like, why would I mind? Of course I'd love to hear it. And Barry sat down at the piano and he played me. Could it be magic? It was so oh. gorgeous. And then, well, this you is, know, this is the stuff books are made out of. I know. Where's your book? <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Let's, this is, this is like, I, I mean, uh, and I can't believe it because we're zipping through time, and I want to cover a lot of things here. All right, so then you had an acting career, and then how did you now – now I got a connection because your father started out producing, kind of. and well, not uh, really producing, oh, you know, just he did. He did. It, so how know. did you ease into this? Now, I know you were performing your – you've been performing Jamie DeRoy and Friends for years. Since 1990. And I remember watching I... you on, on cable. I saw you first on cable. Yeah, well, I mean, I've been doing Jamie DeRoy and Friends since 1990. I was on Cabaret Beat, uh, Bradshaw Smith's show. Uh, Sidney Meyer and I were correspondents on that show. I don't remember what the years were. But um, when I started doing my shows live, Brad, I, you know, I was trying to get it on a real television network. And after a while, Bradshaw said, you know, why don't we just do it and put it out there anyway? And uh, so that's that's what we did. But before I started doing variety shows, I was doing my my own nightclub act um, because I had auditioned for AFA, which became ICM, and they were not looking for uh, acting. I wanted to be in the musical theater. They didn't have room in musical theater, but they said that they would audition me for nightclubs. Oh, so... So I was like, well, I don't care. I, I want to sing. I don't care where I sing. I just want to sing. It's a different kind of singing, though, when you get pigeonholed into, you know, being a nightclub singer as opposed to being a Broadway performer. 
And, uh, and and now it's kind of reversed, isn't it? Because now Broadway singers are doing nightclubs. Yeah, it's, I it's, think, uh, you know, yeah. and there's a lot of crossover, and certainly now they really love the fact that, I mean, listen, they bring they bring TV and movie stars to star on Broadway just to make it easier to sell tickets. But in the old days, yeah, you didn't put a star in a show. You put a show together and you made a star out of the lead. You know what I mean? That, that is, uh, yes, the Barbara Streisand, Pins and Needles. Um, right, and, 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 and Carol you know. Burnett in, in Once Upon a Mattress. You know, it made her a star. It didn't she, she, she was nobody when she got that. Yeah, so. it's, it's a whole different. And you appreciate, too, because you have a history of cabaret and early theater in that it was easier to put on shows. It was, there were more spaces. There weren't so many hindrances to put on a show. There were so many more spaces that were affordable or encouraging. And now it's you have to jump through hoops to get anything. And, and your pr- production work, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Again, it's another song. Uh, probably, uh, I think, to list all your credits, you'd have to put this tune to I'm Not Getting Married Today. <laughs> <laughs> from, the, from the hang And I used to do that. But now you realize, you know, I used to do it. But I don't know how well I did it. Like, if I had to do it for Sondheim, I'm not sure he would have approved. I loved the song and I loved <laughs> singing it. But, you know, it, it, when you really start understanding music and syncopation and all this stuff, you know, it's like, it's hard. Oh, yeah. Oh. But it's just, I, I can't, I want to say all your credits, but why don't we talk about your, your, what you have currently on? going because oh. you've won so many Tonys at this, this yes what what can we promote currently well currently this um the inheritance is playing Teen, tina the tina turner musical um to kill a mockingbird ain't too proud and what's coming up very soon are hangmen uh the lehman trilogy which Played at the Armory last year and also came from London. Company, which also came from London. Oh, Beetlejuice is still playing. Uh, Tootsie just um, just closed. You know, there's a lot of a lot, lot on the boards. And the Ferryman won, uh, won a Tony last year, which I just I loved that show. And other things that I've been involved with that you know won Tonys are like Angels in America and The Band's Visit and Once on This Island. And um, but the very first thing was the Norman Conquest. Oh, I love that play. It's a great play. As you and see, uh, Jamie's very busy. She's got phones all over all over. I'm the place. so sorry. <laughs> no, don't worry about it. It's uh, good. And also, too, uh, let's see. You have London credits. I see Marguerite make me a song. The King's Speech. Wow. This is uh, it's all good. But let's talk. So now, those are all your current productions going on. Uh, let's talk what you've got coming up at Birdland Sunday, February sixteenth at five thirty p.m. Birdland, Sierra. It's in Bogus. the middle of uh, the three-day weekend, and we're doing a Jamie DeRoy and Friends. And I'm just so thrilled to have Sierra Bogus on with me from The Little Mermaid and Phantom of the Opera, and she's right now running around the country doing concerts and uh, Harrison Greenbaum, who we both know from The Friars, who does. Oh yes. All kinds of magic. Comedy and, and magic, yes. Yeah. Uh, and Rick Crow from Musical, and you're in town? 
Yeah, he and and his next show is called it's it's um oh god the bedwetter. I mean, I said, wow, that's like a a real theme there. You're in town and the bedwetter. Bedwetter. <laughs> and Paula Dion Ingram had played Carmen Jones on the West End, and this group, well strung, is so great. Um, it's like cello and uh, viola and violins. It's all string instruments. These guys are just amazing. And let's credit also your your director, your musical director, and uh, bass. Barry well, my musical Heinberg. director has been Ron Abel, but unfortunately Ron fell the other night, and the worst thing that could happen for a pianist, he broke his hand. Um, oh, my gosh. Is that unbelievable? So now uh, Christopher Denny is stepping in to play this show. And um, and Tom Hubbard will be on bass, but I'm hoping that Tom that uh, Ron does not need surgery so that um, you know he can get back to work with me on uh, oh, yes. on the next one. Oh, I'm and just you know the good uh, thing about the show, about it. Jamie. I, I know, but the, the, this Sunday. What's great is if you guys want anyone want to continue that romantic a weekend, I can think of nothing better. <laughs> From uh, Valentine's Day till Sunday to keep it going. Uh, they serve food there too, I believe, right? Do they serve yeah. food there? Um, yes, yeah. there's food. Now, um, for reservations, you can go to birdlandjazz.com. Birdlandjazz.com or call 212-581-3080. 212-581-3080. That's 315 West 44th Street. It's a great club. And here's the best part. I'm going to let Jamie tell you. It's for a good cause. Let's tell him, Jamie. Well, it's for the Actors Fund. I started a cabaret initiative a while ago because wanted to make sure that anybody in the cabaret field, which includes a lot of jazz and comedy and, and, and you know, that these performers, a lot of them do not have health insurance. So when they get sick and they they have somebody to turn to they can turn to the actors fund and the actors fund really is for all areas of show business you know you can be a stage manager you can be a prop guy you can you don't have to be an actor and so it, oh no it, i and it's benefited people i know it's benefited people i know whose whose house burnt down she was able to get like some kind of back, so it's it's a great cause. Oh my That's god! That's birdlandjazz.com, birdland birdlandjazz.com, and to find out more about Jamie DeRoy, go to jamiederoy.com. It's so simple, jamiederoy.com. Thanks. To find out more. Well, you know, and also what's really lovely fly. about Birdland, they only have a ten dollar minimum, which is like two non-alcoholic drinks or one you know one drink or you know get, you know a little thing from because the, they have good food from the menu but but most people really like to just enjoy their food because it's quite good and it's not it's not a you know a ripoff no it's not and uh i i told you this with time with flight so we might run over a little bit but i do want to play one of your funny songs okay i'm gonna play one of jamie's now jamie are your cds available on cd baby or amazon most of them nine right yeah most of them are All right, let's play something right now. Just hang on, Jamie. It's going to go on. 
good. When a bunch of people with a kind of earthy smell said we're staying out in these woods, we'd like you to join us. There's plenty of room. We got a nice big tent and there's a big full moon. I stood up wind and said the only thing that I could. Yeah, I had to tell them, Jews don't camp. If it hasn't got a lobby, I don't want it for a hobby. If it's cold and damp, let me give you the news. Jews don't camp. Well, it's really quite simple. It's part of my tradition. Taught to me in my youth. After 40 years in the desert, the 11th Amendment says, go to bed under a roof. with no mini bar. But uh-huh. <laughs> it's just uh it's so true. These are great. And you can find more of our music. You can go online, go to jamiederoy.com for more information. She's always got a show going and I I guess your information's there as well for your shows or just on, about you. Boy, I hope so. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how how up to date and wonderfully current my uh website is, but I will try to get my assistant on top of it. Oh, on top of it. Okay, once again, that's Sunday, February 16th, 5.30 p.m., Birdland, Jamie DeRoy and Friends. That's birdlandjazz.com. And check out Jamie DeRoy at jamiederoy.com. It's a great cause. Everybody go see. This is a lineup like you're not going to believe. It's a terrific, what, a, what an opportunity to see something. And it's early enough to get home in time to see all your HBO specials. So uh, thank you, uh, Jamie. I please come back on the show again. Let's let's. Uh, I want to have you back as a guest again. You're a wonderful guest. Uh, and everyone, I highly anytime. recommend Jamie DeRoy and Friends. All, all right, right thank you for being a guest on today's show. Thank all you right, so uh, much. This has been What's the Buzz New York with your host, me, Nancy Lombardo. Thank you very much, everyone, and uh, have a good day.
what a great guest, a terrific guest. She's done so much. It's, it's, uh, you got to love it. Support her. Okay, that's jamiederoy.com, birdlandjazz.com, 212-581-3080, 212-581-3080. Just got to follow her. Just, just amazing. All right, I always have fun guests. I want to thank you all for tuning in today. And tomorrow I'm going to have, Monday, I will have Terry Isaiah Johnson, uh, music legend. Uh, he's done a, well, we'll talk about him tomorrow, but Terry Isaiah Johnson, uh, you can look him up. Uh, he's a power horse in the music business, so you want to check that out. Thank you again for tuning in today. This has been What's the Buzz New York with your host, me, Nancy Lombardo. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye.